everyone. Welcome to this week's Indie Artist Music Hustle with Blonde Intelligence. I'm your host, Miss Ronnie. Before we get started, of course, you know I need you to hit that like, subscribe, and share button. This week, we have a very special guest. We have a violinist, Asher. Say hello to everyone. Hey, everybody. <laughs> so what we're going to do is we're going to start off with letting you take over and tell everyone a little bit about yourself. All right. Uh, my name my name is Asher, um, and I am an electric violinist, composer, producer, live performer. Um, I'm a, as you can see, a contemporary um, electric violinist, classically trained since the age of two. Um, that's my mom's fault. And uh, you know, I I found a the real pat my real passion in violin uh, probably in high school when I switched to more of the electric violin, made a transition from like classical Suzuki type of uh, traditional uh, learning and uh, moved into, you know, improvisation and contemporary music. And that's where I'm really, uh, I feel like I'm able to shine and connect with fans uh, in a meaningful way. Okay. What, at what point and why did you move over from the traditional violin to an electric violin? Well, I saw all the cool folks in, uh, you know, the jazz band were having fun and all the uh, all the dopey people and like the, the orchestras were just like sitting there with the screen, you know, with the sheet music in front of their face and just like basically the equivalent of reading a book. Um, and I kind of got a little irritated after about uh, most of my life doing that. I just felt like I, I need a little bit of creativity. I, I don't just want to uh, do things by rote and just follow and and. I mean, essentially, the hierarchy there is like who reads the best and who has the best skills within the confines of reading. And and, uh, you know, I, I excelled at it. I did well because, again, I had the advantage of starting a very young age, but it, it was it was a little bit soul crushing. And I felt like um, I, I really I really needed to put a smile on people's faces and and uh, and as well as my own. And, and, and that's where I think started. So junior year in high school. Okay. So what genre of music do you play with the most? Because with a violin, it's very versatile. I mean, so what do you play with the most? What genre have you not played in that you would like to? Well, that's a tough question. What genre have I not played in that I would like to? I've covered a lot of a lot of different genres. I'm a crossover violin, uh, classical violinist. Um I guess some of the, the, the other ethnic, like, uh, Asian type, type of genres, I haven't really explored a whole lot. Um, you know, there's like, there's, there's this passion for the violin within Japan and Korea and, and China. And I haven't really, I haven't really delved into that. Although I've been booked by some clients, um, from, you know, from like Chinatown. Um, but, but I'm enjoying, you know, like South Asian music and uh, and I love pop pop um, slash uh, EDM slash electronic classical, which is what I'm mostly a producer of. If you check out my Spotify, you know, Deezer, iTunes, those types of platforms, my original music. So, yeah, that's a long winded answer. OK, so I know that when we were getting ready to set up the interview and everything, you had a show yesterday. Tell me about it. Oh yeah, so that was the Harvard Club, um, okay. Manhattan. Um, yeah, I mean, I was, you know, it was, uh, you know, one of those, uh, nice one of those, like, yeah, one of those fancy events. Like, not, not much to write home about. Just, you know, another fancy event. <laughs> okay, so tell me about your latest project. 
So, uh, so I just released Rod Tanlambian, which is a uh, a Bollywood single. It's a love song because if when you're when you're writing about Bollywood music, it's pretty much all love love music. I mean, that's that's like the crux of Bollywood, that whole industry. Um, a lot of passion. And uh, I shot that music video, which was released a couple days, a few days ago, uh, out in Maui, Hawaii, where I I did uh, my um pretty cool corporate event for a, a major pharmaceutical company, and uh, Nova Nordisk. And uh, you know, I was there for like four days, so I I took it took a day to do some drone video shooting with with uh, some folks out there, Paul Aker Media. So I, I welcome your listeners to to check that out. It's um, you can see like the beautiful scenery of Maui. And um, and the forthcoming project uh, being Lantis, uh, which is my original single, probably to date one of the one of the, one of the, the, the cool songs I, I think I've ever ever written. The one of the songs that I'm most enthusiastic about. I, I want to release it today. Um, I, I'm in constant perpetual negotiations with uh, with uh, other artists because I'm really trying to give the song a push. Um, yeah question <laughs> oh, oh i i don't mean to ruin the the other uh, question i jumped into the punch yeah um i i, I can't i mean it doesn't make sense to divulge the names but but uh, a couple of them are really big artists but uh they you know they're kind of what's the word they're they're kind of wavering between being really easy to work with and like more demanding like what having certain certain requirements so it's it's you know so i've i've like one of the guys I negotiate with, I'm like, I really want you on the project, but I think maybe I'll just release the song and I'll try another song with you after this. Because it's, you know, when you're dealing with singles, like people want a certain percentage of the royalties if they if they view themselves as like, okay, well, I played with like, you know, Michael Jackson, you know, you know, maybe, you know, I want, I I, I think that like, like I should have 100% of the royalties, uh, even though you wrote the song kind of thing, you know? So, so it's, it's hard to, either way, this song is going to, this song's gonna be heard. It's gonna be heard soon. So, yeah. well, I'm glad because I'm a big fan of violins. I like to, especially in R&B music. Like, mm-hmm. even with one of my favorite artists is Mary J. Blige. I have always equated her voice to a violin. It sounds like a violin to me. So, yeah. it don't to you? Yeah, I mean, she's got a beautiful voice. I mean, some of the notes that she hit sounds like a violin to me. I think that in, I know other genres, but I think like since Ray Charles and what was the name of the song? Georgia. I think since then, a lot of violins have crossed over into R&B and to to even to hip hop in some areas. So I think the violin is very dope. Now, what do you think about the violin? Well, your mom made you start it too. <laughs> What's that? Other than your mom made you start it too. Yeah, it's my mom's fault. Man, she was intense. But um, uh, just because you mentioned hip hop and uh, you know and rap, I, I, it's interesting. I don't know if it's just what I'm seeing uh, the focus online, but it seems like the greatest passion, uh, at least publicly, from the other other artists that I've seen for the violin is within the context of hip hop and. And, and R&B, uh, which is really interesting. I mean, uh, because culturally, like, I mean, at events, I, I find that that my Bollywood clients are like the most most enthusiastic. Um, Israeli, Italian, like they like they like the stuff. But I don't know if it's somebody like hip hop and R&B. They just like they 
they, love they it. just they love the groove. I love hey, it. So I, I'm I, I released like I released a single with uh, Insane Beats. It's also on my Spotify, iTunes. You could yeah you can check it out. It's like it's like a like a low key chill. Um, Free Fall is the name of the song. Um, original single. That's like a hip hop single, and I haven't really done a hip hop single since then. So maybe now that I'm speaking with you, I might maybe I'll, I'll work on that that next. Right. So, but yeah, I, I I love. I mean, I'll tell you. I mean, just because we we're I'm blabbing away here. Um, I play acoustic. Mm-hmm. I play acoustic violin, but this is an electric. And the reason why I do this is because I play with tracks. I play on loud stages with other bands, DJs, and I find that I'm actually as of this past year, I finally figured out how to with enough um, tweaking of the EQ and like. My preamps, I'm able to make it sound like an authentic violin tone without the risk of feedback, which is what you get from a wood wooden body. So that makes me kind of pass, like really excited about just playing this more than ever. Uh, and also, like I can make it sound like an electric guitar, so it has a lot of versatility. So okay. that's something that I'm really passionate about. Okay. So have you ever rocked out with a rock band with your violin? Yeah, I mean, in, in Baltimore, I was with, uh, you know, rocking out pretty hard. Um, that it's, I, I mean, whenever I do like, whenever I do like a, a large concert, which is like, you know, it's like a number of times a year, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing like, I'm not like a full touring musician where I'm like playing every night, major concerts. But when I do, it's like, like 6,000 people, 3000 people. Um, I'm, you better bet I'm rocking out. You know, I, I gotta get the crowd going and that's what I like to do and go wireless and then go into the crowd. So tell me this, and this is going to sound crazy, but I went to a show with a legendary group and they were an older group and they still had groupies. Do violinists have groupies? Um, <laughs> well, if you look at the guys like David Garrett and Lindsey Sterling, they definitely have groupies. Uh, I don't think I have the number of groupies they do. I got a few here and there. <laughs> So, always, so groupies people, are just a part of the entertainment industry then. It uh, doesn't matter what type of instrument you play, what you sing, what genre are you in, you're going to have some groupies in this industry. Uh, yeah, I guess within the concerts, I mean, you could play like the triangle and you could have groupies. <laughs> so tell me, what is the most important thing to you with playing the violin? Say, for instance, if you was teaching somebody, what is the, the number one most expected thing? Like how they talk about uh, boy R&B groups have a playbook. What is the playbook for the violinist? I'll tell you, Asher's playbook is numero uno, proper positioning. Because if you don't have proper positioning, your back will end up twisted and you'll end up having you'll end up losing your career like I did. Um Five, six years ago, I just got back into it. I started in 2001, uh, played like straight through to, you know, for like, I don't know, six, seven years. And then I lost it for like, like four or five years. And then I regained my strength. So yeah, if that's something I could relate, relate to your listeners, anybody who's, who's like, in, um, you know, interested in, in picking up an instrument like the violin or the cello viola, like an aspiring classical or, or pop pop string uh, musician, uh, you you better make sure that you have 
a strong back or proper positioning. Um, okay. So do you like play sitting or standing? What's that? Do you play sitting or standing? Uh, usually standing these days. Um, if it's like, if I'm playing like with a string section, I'm typically sitting. If I'm uh, going live on Facebook, which I will be doing at 9.15, um, I will probably be sitting. Okay. So tell me, did your, do you think that your career enhanced or evolved? And I know that when COVID hit, because everybody had to get creative during COVID. And then once COVID was over, it seemed like people really didn't know what to do. <laughs> but what, for real. So what's your take on that? So a, a lot of things are flying through my head. It's a really good question. Um, uh, a lot, first of all, a lot of my peers, people were stressed out of their mind. I was stressed. Um, needless to say, I, yeah, just everybody. Um, and the whole music industry went kaput. People were losing their jobs. They, they, and people who were, who were signed up for tours, like full fledged, like summer tours, friends of mine, uh, it was canceled year one of COVID. The following year, someone got three years in a row canceled, which is like mind blowing. Like how devastating could you, could that possibly be? Yeah, um, because you know that, uh, like COVID happened, everybody was revamping, and then they thought that once the vaccination came out, that they could start back booking. And I was like talking to one of the people who was booking international shows, and she was like, "Nah, we just got a list this morning of everything that was canceled." So they were sending out emails with lists of shows that was canceled because they didn't know what was going on with COVID. So I understand exactly what you're saying, but it's like. People reinvented, they started writing, they started doing all these things, and they thought that it was ready to go. And then it was like, your cake wasn't done in the middle. Yeah, I, I started really hustling and I saw a lot of people around me hustling because it was just stressful. It's like, uh, for me, I have three degrees, um, three university degrees. I got a bunch of bio degrees. I, I'm, I have a nursing degree. Um, I was thinking, I'll tell my wife, maybe I should, go into nurse go into nursing because i did all but that all but the Five. yeah and she was like absolutely not you're gonna stick with it stick with me with music and and uh just just um don't don't run two races run one race this will blow over and mm -hmm. i mean I, I trust her uh she's got a good head on her shoulders so i did and again it was incredibly stressful I think I, I I think hindsight, like in a few years I, uh, from now, I will have agreed with her decision and with her support of my continuing the music uh, in music and just to keep pumping out the music. I will uh, to keep pumping out the the you know the the singles, connecting with fans. Um, even though like income dropped big time, I was still working, but like much less work. I was doing some remote stuff, um, but. Yeah, it just it obviously wasn't wasn't what it what it was prior to COVID. It's starting to swing back now. Okay. So you've been an artist, and this is just your thoughts. What do you think is a fair price for streaming for an artist? Um, not what Spotify has it at. You only get like a dollar per thousand streams. Realistically, realistically, with everything that an artist put into making a composition. What do you really think is a fair price for streaming? Because you know you're getting robbed. I know I'm getting robbed. And I actually just had an interview this morning where I pretty much like, <laughs> I was like 
chewing off the guy's ear about how big he wasn't even, he was agreeing with me but i was just like i was just like fuming about spotify because um i, I i'm gonna tell you the same story i told him because what I said this morning is every interview I'm going to do, which is a whole heck of a lot of them, I'm going to tell every single last one of them what I heard from an inside source within Spotify. You ready? I'm ready. You probably already know this. He, he quit. He quit over this. This guy, he he, he owns a DJ company, two, um, two radio stations. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he moved to Pandora. Um, I asked him why. He said because he got frustrated with the with the games in the algorithm the or the lack of progress with the algorithm the lack of altruism what do you mean well the major labels will own 40 percent stake of spotify spotify is the main game in town they're the main player um they're not the only one but the main one in terms of like concerts festivals so on and so forth when it comes to playlists the major playlists like topsify so so on and so forth we've all heard of them they're owned by the major labels you're not getting on those playlists unless you're signed to a major label and they're getting a big fat piece of your pie. So he in said, most, it's, it's, in most instances, it's, it's a pathway, but you have to really know your business to maneuver the cracks. Yeah. Yeah. And, but it's like more than connections. It's also like kind of selling your soul to the certain, to certain people who are going to make sure that you fly high. And I'm sure that there's like in between opportunities. Like if you're touring, you're going to get, uh, you know, you're going to get boosted by Spotify as well. Like there are other things that ha- like I've noticed, like when I do some major concerts, my Spotify streams, they tend to, to rise. But all in all, um, I find it frustrating that that certain the, I'm just going to say certain artists that I don't feel have much talent or much to benefit society or at least much to like look up to or to like just like cer- just to serve society or like just like kids that listen to 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 artists they, that they're passionate about music i don't feel like those are the representation of like what you not you they're not value yeah i mean it doesn't even have to be like values but it's like at least quality music um and i feel like they don't they don't just really deserve to be where they are and i find it frustrating um, and based on what this guy told me, and actually I know a couple other people in Spotify, but well, this guy one in particular, he said he left because when the, the Spotify team tried to change the algorithm to, to benefit everybody across the board, make it more, improve the equity, I guess, equation, uh, the, the, the major labels, which there are the three, they threatened to pull their catalogs. So a lot of independent unknown artists and they didn't want the value to go down for Spotify. Yeah. So Spotify doesn't have, they need to be ashamed. People work too hard. I, I want, I want people to know this and, um, I, I feel like it's important that they know it. And, uh, I you know, artists to come on to talk about Spotify and how they feel that Spotify is not for the smaller artists that was only for the bigger artists. And it's like the smaller artists go in, they go in, they claim they pay, they send their music in, they submit it out to playlists and everything. And some of them never get anything out of it. I've heard, I've heard such talented music to musicians and beautiful tunes that they don't see the light of day. Um, And I don't know what Spotify has against classical music. Also, I'm not even talking about myself, but like, 
classical artists. Like you see guys like major art. I, I bring up David Garrett because he's probably the epitome of like a crossover classical pop artist. He's like the Itzhak Perlman. I'm sure you've heard of him uh, of of today. He's young, hip. He's based in Europe and he's got millions of fans. And when I and I'm just surprised that like, you know, he's got like a few he's got like millions of streams on Spotify. But considering how many concert halls he, he fills out, he should be where Drake is. In my, mm-hmm. my personal opinion. Well, I thank you for coming. I want you to tell everybody your social media handle, the name of your latest project, your newest single that's coming up, about the video, where they can find your video, your YouTube channel, everything about Asher. Oh, wow. Right, let's see if I can try to pull that all together. Um, uh, you can check me out at asherlab.com, A-S-H-E-R-L-A-U-B. And you can check out my latest single on that that front page and all my other social media links. They'll uh, you'll see on the right. Uh, they'll they'll send you out to uh, Asher Official Music, which is my YouTube channel. You just search Asher Lob, and and uh, you know even within YouTube, and you'll check out all my music there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna link your channel to the video. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah. And um, uh, and it also linked you out to Spotify. Spotify. Um, like they don't have like a URL like where you can customize it to like Astrolob. It's like gibberish letters. So you just you just click. You can just search my name on Spotify. It'll pop up, or you can just click the link on uh, Astrolob.com. Um, uh, Instagram.com/slash Astrolob. A S H E R L A U B. Um, Twitter. I don't know if everybody checks out Twitter. Same thing. Uh, okay. TikTok Astrolob. Okay. You can catch us on all podcasting platforms. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook video, and Spotify for video podcasts. Bye.